When you take your hands off the wheel of college football, the big threat is always that someone from the Sunday world is in the passenger seat. It's happening at Oklahoma right now. Oklahoma doesn't need the money. Plus, we're about to move to the SEC in a couple of years. We'll be making $100 million just because we have their sticker on our helmet. No, we don't need that money. We're taking your tailgate spot because we can. Is that the spirit of Saturday? Is that the spirit of college football? Of course not. But the folks making the decision could not care less about any of the things I just mentioned. What's happening at Oklahoma has happened all throughout the SEC. It's happened in the Big Ten. It's happening everywhere that you have a brand that was built long before the suits arrived that's able to be sold and able to be partnered with corporately. Be very careful allowing the Sunday logic to spill over into Saturday. It's orange juice, it's cereal, they're great separately, they don't taste good at all together. Having to pay for tailgate spots where you've been for 30 years free of charge doesn't taste good, especially when you're not hurting for money at Oklahoma and you won't be hurting for money in the foreseeable future. Rush is back. Final hour. Teddy Lehman here in studio. Tyler McComas out on remote at Westwood. That is Josh Pate, 24-7 sports. Um, has a big-time podcast and picked up this little nugget going on at OU over the last couple of days about the tailgating situation and the um, the the corporate uh, tailgate sweeping across campus um, with all of the premium spots. Yeah, I, I, his take is is on point in my opinion. I here's the different. Here's the the one thing that he's he's kind of wrong on. This is not an OU moneymaker. Yeah, it's not. They don't make that much money off of it. That's what's even more frustrating is it's it's an out-of-state group that comes in and does it. All that money, the big majority of that money, is is not even benefiting OU. I mean, they 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 make a little bit off of it, but it's it's not that much at all. And that's one of the more frustrating parts about it is I I think it's just I think it's just a lack of, like I said yesterday, just a lack of understanding your fans and not relating to your fans, thinking that, oh, this is e- this is the easy and convenient way to do things. Well, people just don't view it that way. They view it as yeah. another taxation on their ability to show up and party. I know. Yeah, I, I guess I just don't understand how you can think that. Because, and I love this about the OU fan, but they make their feelings about matters pretty well known. Like, I, I don't, and maybe just because I've been around here my entire life, like, I don't ever wonder, oh, what's the fan base? How's the fan base going to react to this? I pretty much know how the fan base is going to react to everything from yeah, tailgating to to alternate uniforms. I, that's why I don't get how they don't understand that. The people because the people making the decisions mm-hmm. are not football fans. Mm-hmm. They do not relate mm-hmm. at all. And like I said yesterday, they have power in saying no. It gives them power to say no, to say that you can't do this and you can't do that. That's that's the power in having a committee that decides these types of things. 
It's made up of people that are not football fans. They don't understand. They don't tailgate. They're either like I, I don't know. I, I don't know who the people on it are, but it, it's it's not representative of the people that are dealing with with what they say is okay and what they say is not okay. Sure. Uh, text line tailgate decisions made my made by people who hate pickup trucks. <laughs> uh, this one says we tailgate every home game. I don't think it will affect ninety nine percent of tailgaters. It's very limited spots. Big fuss over nothing. That's not the point. It's not going to affect. It's not going to affect really any tailgaters. But all they did is open up an area that everyone wanted them to open back up, and they did. But you have to pay for it now. And there was people that tailgated there forever that didn't have to pay for it. Now you do. Now you have to go the corporate route. And it's not a big deal unless you're just frustrated with everything that comes down costing you more money. In my opinion, you should be able to tailgate anywhere that you want on university property as long as you pick up pick up all of your stuff and you don't cause a nuisance to to the university and destroy their property and trample their landscaping i think you should be able to tailgate anywhere that you want i think it's ridiculous that you can't i don't even i don't, don't t- understand there's there's no legitimate reason why you can't set up and tailgate anywhere don't tailgate like Miami fans and uh, have it filled with strippers, like the text line is saying. Yeah. <laughs> They're saying maybe, maybe that's why the Board of Regents, maybe they saw one of those videos of uh, Miami's tailgate and got scared. Who knows? You know what? You know why you can't, I, why you couldn't tailgate on Lindsay before? Because they why built those dorms there. And right. there's an ordinance that you can't, like, tailgate or drink within however many feet of. Um, of on-campus housing, like they like the like the students have never seen beer before, right? Like it makes a difference that you walk across the street and can, but on your side of the street you can't. That's the it's foolishness silly. of this crap, man. No, it is, it is, and it brings about a lot of emotions. And we're heading into the weekend, five o'clock on a Friday. We all made it. It's we made it to the weekend again. That's great. So. I will continue to take your text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line about the matter. But other than that, the big story of the day, in case you didn't hear, Quinn Ewers has been named the starting quarterback by the Texas Boosters. Texas uh, social media named Hudson Card the quarterback last night, but the Texas Boosters have named Quinn Ewers the starting quarterback today. (laughs) And I would like to do this here in a couple of minutes, but I would like OU fans to have, you know, some – some good vibes heading into the weekend. I've got a lot of message board posts on the Texas message board sites about how they feel about the matter. Oh, but as really? we said to open up the show, oh yeah. But as we said to open up the show today, is that leave it to Texas to have a quarterback battle where the starter is named, and we're all saying, uh, "Is there something else going on here? Is there shenanigans going on here? What 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 really happened? Leave it to Texas for there to be massive drama." in a quarterback announcement. Well, yeah. There's massive drama because the way that Sarkeesian announced it was by pawning it off on the SID to say <laughs> it at the end of a media availability, like, oh, uh, by the way, guys, as you're packing your stuff up to leave, yeah. 
uh, Sarkeesian says that Quinn Ewers is named the starting quarterback. It's really amazing that it was handled that way. I just a complete circus over the past 24 hours. It's Hudson Card. Oh, my gosh, what's Quinn Ewers going to do? Uh, yeah, yeah, SID, just, just go tell the media. The, the biggest announcement of the entire offseason. Uh, just, just, just go tell them that, yeah, he's, Quinn Ewers is our starting quarterback. I've, I've so heard weird. of a, a Friday news dump. And you typically do that after after work hours on a Friday evening when everyone is off to start their weekend. You don't do a Friday news dump in the middle of a media availability. Like you, you issue a statement after everyone's gone home and started doing something else. So weird. Um, I can't right, even let's, screw let's, up properly. Now, let's read some of these posts. These are all from orangebloods.com. Blank and blank. He's going to start a guy that couldn't beat out Casey Thompson with a broken blank in hand. That was from last night. Well, that's talking about so Hudson Mil- Card, right? This is when yeah, they thought when, Hudson when, Card was going to be the starter. <laughs> yeah. Now today it's red flag alerts, not because Quinn is named starter, but because two days ago internally Card was named the starter. Major booster interference here. I had my preference to the older guy just like last year, but I'm all in on Ewers now. Hope he lights it up. Huh. I I don't know. I are you are you really buying the donor interference? Yes. Uh, well, I, I'm not just throwing it away as quickly as you are because I was reminded of an incident that happened last year, right? Do I think a donor can interfere with the quarterback battle? Absolutely. Why? Well, because it's Texas. And they interfered with a linebacker coach hiring last year with Mike Stoops. Right. Like, wasn't Mike about ready to get on the plane? Yeah. And accept the position? Yes. And the fans and the boosters? I mean, so if, if that could happen there, why couldn't it happen with the quarterback battle? Uh, I guess that's a good point. Um, I, I don't know. I, I I don't have an answer for it. I don't have a rebuttal on that. I guess like it could. I'm saying at no other school, at any other school, dude, I'd say, no, I mean, it's that's a little too crazy for me. But we gotta remember who we're talking about. We're talking about the same school and the same coaching staff that got told, No, you can't hire Mike Stoops as linebacker coach. Yeah. What but why would a coach agree to that? I, I don't know. I mean, it's not like you have a whole lot of say after a 5-7 and seven season. I, I don't know. That, that one I can't answer. Any, any, any worthwhile coach would say – wouldn't even say anything. They wouldn't even respond. They'd laugh their ass off. And if the donor got all upset and wanted to pull their donorship or have you get fired, it'd be like, okay – yeah, go ahead and fire me. Um, here's the account you can wire my $40 million that you owe me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, dude, I, I just I have a hard time wrapping my head around that being legit. But at the same time, you're right. We saw it before. We saw one of his hires get, get vetoed for, for really no good reason other than they didn't like him. And we had a donor last year that showed up in practice and said, oh, coach, your job is safe through this year. Don't worry about it. Right. Really? I just <laughs> I went down there to, uh, to let 
Coach Sarkeesian know that his job is safe. Jeez. Here's my here's my favorite message board post. And the screen name on this is Eternal Optimist. It says, look, we are blanked. <laughs> there may be some good young talent in the pipeline, but the guys who will be on the field this year are not good at all, save for the handful of individuals everyone knows about. This team is really going to struggle to get 500, and my guess is we don't quite make it finishing with another 5-7 and seven campaign. We're just not very good. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Brutal. Brutal. They're coming to the painful realization. It's easy if you, <laughs> if you start to feel that way now, right? And it happens, you knew it, and anything better feels like a bonus. But if you so, listen like, to the mainstream media and expect to go 11-1 and one when the season starts and you end up 5-7, and seven, it, that hits a little different. I mean, there's legitimate optimism and excitement around here. Like, God, 15 days, can I wait that long until football season? That's what OU fans are thinking, right? Like, let's go. Let's get this thing kicked off. Texas fans today are, God, here we go again. Uh, Judging by these posts, Teddy, it is a very much, here we go again. I love this one from last night. With Hudson Card, we might be able to give UL Monroe all they can handle. (laughs) See, I... Here's, uh, here's a text on the text line. Those donors are paying yours millions in NIL money. They absolutely had something to say yes. about this. I've been saying that all offseason. I, I, I just I, – I don't understand that theory. I, I, no, I understand where the theory comes from. I just don't understand how any reasonable coach – would start I mean it's not the left guard it's not it's not the punter it's your quarterback it's the lifeblood of your offense it's the single player that has more effect on the outcome of the game than anyone else and you're going to get let donors who pay for someone's NIL influence who you start at quarterback, if it's the right guy or the wrong guy, that you're going to start him anyways. I just don't understand that. I can't wrap I my either. head around that. Well, you, you shouldn't be able to because that's not how a functioning program should be run. And I think that, that maybe this was always going to happen at Texas with the booster situation. But if you want to go heavy on NIL, man, that's great. And the Internet tells you that you better go heavy NIL if you want to compete. You better be like A&M and Texas and Miami and all these other schools doing it. This is one of the massive negative side effects of NIL. You can pump a whole lot of money throwing it at some recruit, but if it happens at the University of Texas, money dictates who starts. Right. It's what you get. I guess. I guess. It, I, I, refu- I still refuse to believe that there's a coach dumb enough to do that. And I even refuse to believe that there's donors – that are dumb enough to believe that because they paid a kid NIL money and he's not any good, he should still start. Uh, what good does that do anyone? What good does that even do the donor? Ultimately, doesn't the I... donor want the team to win? Oh, hey, Mr. Donor, I know you want yours to start, but listen, he's not any good. Hudson Card, I know it's hard to believe, Hudson Card is better than Quinn Ewers. I can't start him. Uh, Ewers is terrible. Well, you know, I'm giving him money in the NIL. 
I want him to go out there and look horrible. I want him to look I want him to look horrible because of this NIL deal that I'm giving him and be embarrassed and make Texas look pathetic. That's what I want. I just don't I can't understand, understand the logic. I can't understand the logic either. I just feel like that's what's going on up there. Right. And they're going to play multiple quarterbacks this year and I think that they're going to be very average again. And you know, regardless if there were, you know, Shady, not shady things, but shenanigans going on with this over the past couple days, whatever. I feel pretty comfortable in saying that what Quinn Ewers was hyped up to be this offseason, he's not going to be anywhere remotely close to that. If he was their savior at quarterback, I don't think the quarterback competition goes on this long. We're hearing things out of their camp where it's like, oh, my gosh, this kid is balling. I mean, the Texas media was at practice no more than two nights ago. They, They would have seen it if this kid was the truth. But the narrative all along was, no, you got to believe Sark here. These two guys are really neck and neck, and no one is really asserting themselves as the better quarterback. So I think Bijan Robinson better be the best running back in America. Xavier Worthy better be the best wide receiver we've seen in college football in a long time because their offensive line play is going to be below average, and their QB play is going to be average at best. Right. And their defense is going to suck, most likely, like it did last year. You don't, You're not – there's not going to be any improvement on defense? Well, I don't know, Teddy. The defensive coordinator two weeks ago, when asked about the pass rush, he said, what pass rush? That didn't give me a whole lot of confidence it's going to be better. Right. Okay. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, if, if, if this is what is really happening, happening at Texas – then they 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 deserve everything that comes their way and they're going to be awful again here's the worst part about it the players know the players know who the better quarterback is you can lie to the media you can lie to the donors you can lie to a bunch of people about who the better quarterback is but you can't lie to your locker room they know they're watching the film they're out there at practice every single day. You lie to those guys and play someone that's not as good as the other guy because he's got a big NIL and you don't, how do you think that goes over in the locker room? Not very well. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. Here's, you know what adds a weird layer to this? Doesn't Hudson Card come from some like super wealthy family that are massive I think donors? that's right. Yeah, I, yes, yes. I think that's accurate. So that throws a, another level of weirdness Which, into again, the whole situation. Which, is, again, is so Texas, right? Like, we've got two quarterbacks battling it out. We've got one guy who we've thrown a ton of NIL money to and another guy that comes from Texas money, and his parents are boosters. We're going to pick between those two when, in reality, the best quarterback we have is a six foot five specimen that probably will never see the field. No doubt. Uh, how many coaches you think across the country are sliding into uh, Malik Murphy's DMs today? Uh, probably about 75% of the country, honestly, if not more. Right. Hey, uh, I'll call you back on the, when that transfer portal window opens up. Have a good season. Yeah. It's craziness. Craziness. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. I see the text coming in. We'll get to some of those next. Taking you into the weekend, it is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman, 
Air Comfort Solutions text line is 405-651-3439. You've got questions. We'll see if we have answers. This text says, does Arch stay with Texas if they had a bad season? Uh, let's just say that bad season is a 5-7 and seven year. Does Arch end up signing with Texas in December? Uh, uh. I don't know. Maybe. I... He's the starting quarterback his freshman year if they go 5-7. and seven. You think so? Yeah. I, okay, I well, told well, well, hang on a second, though. And I'm not saying that you're wrong. But, so if they go 5-7, and seven, you, you, you think that they will just go ahead and plug in a guy, whether he's ready or not, to be the starter because of who his name is, what his name is? Yeah. Yeah, just because, um, just like they did after the last five and seven year, where they just plugged in a starting quarterback who they paid a whole lot of money in uh, IL to, who was a transfer in the portal. Sure, I think Texas. Remember, most people would say that Quinn Ewers is a better high school quarterback than Arch Manning, right? Uh, yeah, I actually think that that would be the case. But right. you know, like everything is predicated there on hope and all. Like Arch Manning will be like the the hope that fuels the Texas expectations next offseason. There's no doubt about it, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just pointing out that they are setting they've, – they've already set themselves up. Like, this was a disaster, and they've set themselves up for another disaster that's going to show up, I'm guessing, next yes. spring. Yeah. I, I, does that like, – Meanwhile, you have the tone in your Malik voice Murphy, like it still surprises you. It does. It does. Uh, if if I've seen someone do something stupid a hundred times, it still surprises me whenever they do it that one hundred and first time. <laughs> well, and Malik Murphy, it, the buddy. best the best quarterback on the uh, on the roster there, is probably going to transfer to Alabama after Bryce Young uh, goes God, to the NFL this year. Please don't say that. I, I don't. I don't need that. Uh, Chris Sims, the same thing is on the text line. Is it possible that the boosters are pushing Ewers and Sarkeesian? in letting Ewers fall on his face so he can play Hudson card and in hopes that he can tell the boosters what to do with it moving forward? I said something kind of like that earlier because if both guys are, are equal, you don't want to rob your, your youngster of all of his confidence whenever he goes out there and gets absolutely destroyed by Alabama. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. There's there's a million different theories, but right now, because I think every other theory, while I'm not saying that Texas hasn't shown that they would do this stuff, it's all absurd that they would. It's absurd that a top Division One coach would start a guy that he knows isn't as good because donors are paying him an NIL and want him to. That's absurd, but I, I'm not saying that Texas isn't doing that. I'm still going to go with Quinn Ewers is the better player. Yeah. Um, I wonder what the leash looks like for a quarterback that may not be the better player, and if he is, it's by a very minimal margin what the leash looks like to start the year. Who Does cares? he get replaced after they get destroyed by Alabama? I, I mean, that – 
that that'll be it. they're going to play both guys, but that's still just how poorly ran it is. Is fascinating. But here, here it doesn't matter. Here's the thing: the truth is, is they're probably like no one. Everyone that's watched them said there's no separation. It's like the same guy, right? So it doesn't matter if you start Quinn Ewers, and he performs poor. And you put in Hudson Card, guess what he's going to do? He's going to perform about the same as Quinn Ewers because neither one of them separated from one another whenever you were – you gave them how, 30, 35, I guess 15 and – it's going to be 40 practices they had for someone to separate themselves, and it, it sounds like no one ever did. So I don't know why you would think all of a sudden in the middle of a conference – schedule after you benched one guy the other one's going to look better but you know Mm. Mm. the problem is what we don't want to happen is for both guys to look so bad that they put uh malik murphy in we do not want that i I don't think that that's a realistic option again at every other school it should be but they're just going to funnel back and forth between those two guys all year long right no 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 no, here's what's going to happen man here's what's going to happen They'll rotate, they'll, they'll go back and forth between those two guys, and it's almost like the Bijan Robinson situation. What would that have been, the end of the 2020 season? The head coach finally goes, huh, well, I mean, might as well just try out Bijan Robinson. Let's just hand the ball off to Bijan Robinson and see what happens. And he has that crazy game against Kansas State. Like, they'll probably end up playing Malik Murphy, but it'll be for the last game or the last two games of the season when they're totally out of contention and not playing for jack squat. That's when they'll finally find something at quarterback. No. That's what will happen to Texas. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Tyler. Oh, yeah. You know how this plays out. You know where they play him. Wide receiver or defensive back? <laughs> One of the two? No. OU Texas. No. Now, Ewers is their guy for OU Texas. Down three touchdowns. No, no other way to generate any offense. Let's put the big freshman in, let him get some quarterback run game going. You've seen this thing. We've seen this. Tyrone Swoops. We watched it all. What year was that? Come on. Swoops would have. Was he 2014, I think? I think it was 2014. Yeah. Well, something like. Come on, man. We know there's going to be massive drama. OU Texas has to happen there. Crazy. I, I don't give them enough credit to actually play the guy for OU Texas. It'll be Quinn Ewers. They'll roll him out there, and he'll get dominated. Yeah, probably right. All right. Uh, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. couple of segments left on a Friday in studio. Final hour of the Rush taking you into the weekend. I'm live at Westwood Park Golf Course in Norman. we got some people out here working on their short game, people out on the driving range. I envy the people that actually show up here in the – you know, put you know, put around for about thirty minutes or so. That's actually where uh, you improve your golf game, not just trying to grip it and rip it on the driving range. But I fall victim to that, as does everyone else. Now, and what's I'm sure fun you're about the same. practicing putting? <laughs> it's there's nothing fun about it, but I absolutely suck at it. This is America. We all go instantly to the driving range and see how far we can hit the driver. Hey, I bet I can hit this one over the highway. Just like uh, <laughs> Happy Gilmore, right? Should have been standing there. Um. Golly, dude, last non-football Friday until February, basically, if we're talking about the NFL, I, uh, you you starting to back off any of your four-team predictions? I think you had – we were the same, except I had Notre Dame, you had Clemson. 
We both had OU, Alabama, and Ohio State as our other three. Uh, I've got no reason to back. I, I, did you say I had Notre Dame or you did? I had Notre Dame. You had Clemson. I, I don't. I don't have a reason to back off of anyone yet. Um, I mean, Notre Dame's had some significant injuries. That's that's one reason to kind of back off of them a little. But I I think it's still Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson for me. The top four teams. Which I mean, no, nothing groundbreaking there. But we'll see. Notre Dame losing about. Th- 14 starters throughout camp is making me reconsider picking them to go to the playoff. I, I I thought two weeks ago, like, watch out. I think Notre Dame might play Ohio State close in the shoe. And then every day that I open uh, social media up, it's like, hey, one of their captains from last year, has a, he's got an ankle sprain. He's going to be out for that game. Mm. I'm not as uh, bullish on Notre Dame as I once was. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? If I if I back off of the Notre Dame pick, and I may not, but even if I do, I'm not going to throw Georgia in there, and not just because I don't want to have a like chalk fourteen playoff. I just I think Georgia loses once in the regular season. Tennessee. They lose again to Alabama, and they're a non SEC champ with two losses. That's not going to get them in. Tennessee can win every game on their schedule, Tyler. Probably said that last year, and they won seven of them. I didn't say that last year, no. Said nothing of the sort. Tennessee cannot beat Alabama, so that's already flawed. Sure they can. At home? If A&M can beat Alabama (laughs) a year ago, then Tennessee can beat them this year. Tennessee's going to be way better. No way. Tennessee hasn't beaten Alabama since 2007. I know you'll say that that doesn't matter. It doesn't. Go look at the recent games in Knoxville. Like they've been getting destroyed every time it's played there. Yeah, but you have to admit, uh, last year was the the best Tennessee's looked in a long time. Uh, actually, I disagree with that. Uh, Tennessee had like eight wins, nine wins under Butch Jones, so they actually have looked better recently. And against Alabama, it has not mattered one bit. Hmm. Well, um, Tennessee was. You're on a that. really dangerous road here with Tennessee. I mean, you're 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 going to get clowned on this throughout football season. What do you it's, mean? That game was twenty four seventeen at the end of the third quarter last year against Alabama. Yeah, and then what was they, the final score? No, they oh. broke it open. I get it. I understand that. But I'm just telling you that Tennessee is going to be really good this year. They're, they don't. They're not even ranked right now. Tennessee will be a top fifteen team at least by the based end of the on season. what? Based on what? They're going to have perhaps the best offensive college football this year. Oh God! Okay. What? Yeah, we're we're drinking back in studio today, aren't we? Wish I was back there today. What do you mean? I that's, didn't know it was going to be a party there. That's not best offense in college football. My one of God. yeah, they'll have one of. <laughs> I had the best offense in the SEC this year. So, since you're basing your Tennessee-Alabama prediction based off the game being in Knoxville, that's all I got out of you. Let's see how that's uh, – the games in Knoxville have gone recently. Bama 48-17, Bama 58-21, Bama 49-10, Bama 34-20, Bama 44-13, Bama 41-10, Bama 29-9. Um, Tennessee hasn't played Alabama within a score on their home field 
since 2006. God, that's pathetic. Imagine it is. just getting run like that by your biggest rival. It is pathetic. But the point remains the same that you've got different players, different staff. They had an excellent offense last year, and it's going to be even better this year. What about so. that defense? Because Bama's going to have a pretty good offense, too. And it's going to be better than Tennessee's. Um, uh, no, their they're, they're defense is, is not going to be anywhere close to Alabama's. It's, what? it's not. Okay. It's not going to be anywhere close to Alabama's. Hey, I'm not. I'm not saying that they're going to beat Alabama. I'm not picking them to beat Alabama. I'm just saying that they can. It's a possibility. They can win every game okay. on their schedule. I'll, I'm picking them right now, today. I've already done this, but since you're so incredulous over it, I'm picking them to beat Georgia on the fifth of November. Remember, Jeez. remember the fifth of November. Okay. Um. God, I'm looking at Tennessee right now, and I'm looking at, let's see, who are they going to lose to? I'll just go ahead and tell you who they're going to lose to. They're going to lose to, they're going to lose at LSU. They're going to lose to Bama at home. They're going to lose to Kentucky at home. They're going to lose to, at Georgia. They're going to lose at South Carolina. Seven and five Tennessee volunteers. Mark it right now. They will not beat Georgia in Athens. You, you do this. With every team that you previously, year in years past, picked to do well, and then they didn't do well, you carry that grudge like a 13-year-old girl. There is no grudge here. This is a team that was 7-6 and six last year and hasn't been relevant in like 20 years. Sorry, this is Tennessee we're talking about here. Yes, I've been burned by the Vols in the past. Mm-hmm. You are not wrong on that, but... If they could beat, uh, yes, Tennessee could beat Alabama. UTEP could also beat OU by that same logic this year. It ain't happening. You see, you honestly see no reason to to say that Tennessee is going to be better than they were a year ago. You're just going to you're going to pick them to do exactly what they did a year ago. No better. Um, That's just it. They can be. Uh, that was never the argument. They can be better than they were last year. God, that should be the expectation in year two. Okay. But there's yeah, a that's difference in between that's being better you. in year two and rattling off wins against Georgia and Alabama. That's completely different. I, I'm not, I did not pick them to beat Georgia and Alabama. I'm picking them to beat Georgia. <laughs> okay. I'm like looking for a signature win that they had last year. At Kentucky is the best that you can do for me. It's a good win. That's the best win that they've had. But all right, they're ready to take the next step and, and be a and here's the thing. team this year. You keep talking about last year as if they're going to remain the exact same as they did last year. If that's the case, well, we're going to lose to Baylor this year and we're going to lose to Oklahoma State. Okay. Well, then what? If we can't use last year as a reasoning as to how good they're going to be this year, then what reasoning are you using that they're going to beat Georgia this year and be so much more improved? Better offense. Georgia's going to be not close to what they were defensively last year. Uh, Tennessee has a six-year senior at quarterback who was excellent a year ago in his first season in Josh Heupel's offense. I think he's going to be even better this year. I think their defense is going to improve second year in a system. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of reasons. 
Well, you just gave two. They ran you the think ball. The quarterback's going to be better, and you think they, the defense. They be ran better. the ball almost better than anyone in in the SEC last year. That's going to continue. I think they're a good team. Okay. And I look. I appreciate you rooting and wanting and you, your former but you teammates don't, to win. But you don't think they're good because it. they weren't good in 2006 or 2010 or 2014 or they weren't good in 2020 or whatever. Yeah. A bunch I mean, of reasons that's that how have, it works. bunch of reasons that have no impact on yes. this season. Yes. If they haven't been good in 20 years, I'm sorry. I struggle to think that all the seven, all of a sudden they're going to get back to being is, relevant again. Is Kentucky going to be no, good this year? See it. Yeah, but they've won 10 games recently. They've had a really good run here. But they've been irrelevant for 20 years previous before that. How could Not, someone, how is it possible for someone to come into Kentucky who's been irrelevant forever and turn the program around. Oh, my God, it's amazing. It happens. Wow. Because he's done it the last two years, which is two more times than Tennessee has done it in like okay. the past well, 20 years. Before those two years, he hadn't done it, and no one had done it. It happens. People and there's come no in, proof that Josh Heupel's going to do it. There there's was no, no proof, proof that, that Mark gonna Stoops gonna was going to do it. Sure. But I mean, there's proof now after a ten and three last year in a pretty good team. I okay, so again, that's what I I'm see, appreciate that's, you rooting for Hypel. That's what hey. I'm doing here is I'm talking about something before it happens, which is risky. I get it. I it's risky to say something is going to happen before it does because if it doesn't, you're an idiot and and everything. I get that, but it happens. People turn around programs. It happens. Sure, they do. It's been a long time for Tennessee, and there's a lot of head coaches that have rolled through there that hadn't turned it around. And all you've given me is you think Hinton Hooker's going to be better, and you think no, I'm the giving you that I've given you that they were one of the best offenses in college football a year ago. How do you? Okay, you can't they still dismiss, won seven games. How do you dismiss they that? They won as seven nothing. games with one. But how do you they dismiss won it seven as games with one? I don't dismiss it at anything. Yeah, they were statistically one of the better offenses last year. And what did that get them? A sub-eight-win season. Yeah, in a, How much in, better can it really be? Yeah, in be? someone's first year. It was his first year. And they had one of the best offenses in college football after being horrible for how, however long you said. And they turned it around. In one year, they had one of the best offenses in college football. So in year two, they get, they get nothing. All right, hey, I'm with you. Okay. No improvement. Okay. Stagnant. Stuck. I, I, that's not what I said. You're misunderstanding me. I do think Tennessee will be improved from last year. They should be in year two. That should be the expectation. But to think that they're going to beat Georgia you and just, all of a sudden, like, seriously contend in the SEC go, East, no way, man. You just picked them to go, what would you say, seven and five? Correct. I mean, they were seven and five last year. Yeah, I mean okay, – I think you can maybe argue. Let me look back at their schedule. Their schedule may be a little bit tougher this year. Well, all right. Well, we're late for a timeout. We got to hit a quick break. More from the rush coming up. We've got the final segment next. All right, final segment of the day. Hey, final segment of the week again. Final Friday without football in it. Last non-football Friday for quite some time. So 15 days until kickoff had me thinking about, like, the best players that have worn OU in um, – or worn number 15 in OU history. JT Thatcher, we got to mention him real quick, That's man. That's the first I One of the of. most underrated – 
Yeah, one of the most, maybe the most underrated player of that 2000 team. I, people remember him. People remember him mostly for a punt returner. But, dude, he was a major part of that defense. He was really good in the back end of that defense as well. Really good. Tons of really big plays. I think he had like eight. Did he have like eight or nine interceptions that year? Something crazy um, like that. Yeah, consensus All-American in 2000. Yeah. I did not, I did not remember that. Um, another 15. Jimmy Harris wore number 15 as a starting quarterback oh, really? from 1954 to Never 1956. Never lost a game, right? Never lost a game. 25-0 and at quarterback in his career. No other quarterback can say that. Uh, Wayne Chambers, linebacker, uh, yeah, number 15. Wayne. Uh, Zach Sanchez, number 15. Brent yeah. Rawls, number 15. I was, Come I was on. thinking if he – I was like, is, was he 15? Yeah, that's that's right. Uh, I don't who's who's fifteen on this year's roster. I have know? to go and check it. Yeah, the Brent Rawls has got the images <laughs> flowing right now. That's exactly how I want to go in the weekend. Last no thing we doubt. talk about. What are the odds on that? Brent Rawls. <laughs> yeah, <all right. laughs> that's 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 our show in a nutshell, right there. All right, folks, you guys killed it on the text line again today. You drive the show. We appreciate you for it. Thank you to Pacifico. Go grab a cold one.